have an announcement for you. Some of you may not know this, but yesterday was Win Mardi Gras. And our very own Katie Miller found sweet little baby Jesus in the king cake. And she was crowned Mardi Gras, Win Mardi Gras Queen. Within our fifth official Sunday morning service, within our fifth official Sunday morning service, we have royalty in the building. My goodness. So y'all need to find, do you need to stand up and say anything? Okay, you're good. Um, This is a picture of my beautiful bride. Uh, this is at our home group last Wednesday night. Last, last week we talked about pursuing diversity on Sunday morning and we take what we uh, talk about on Sunday morning to our home groups, which are small groups that meet in homes, um, hence the word home group. Um, but you don't get much more diverse than Beth holding a weapon standing by a deer head. So we kind of brought it all together pursuing diversity, and I wanted you to see that picture. Um, The reason I put it up there is I kind of wanted you to get a glimpse of what is going on in our home groups. This isn't some weird seance time or anything like that where we all are are crazy and doing stuff like that, but we're wearing normal clothes, doing goofy stuff, loving on each other, getting to know one another. It's important because we don't want the bridge to be a Sunday morning service you attend. We don't want that. We want you to find belonging here. And in your belonging, we want you to help us set the stage for the belonging of other people. You hear me? The bridge is not a service for you to attend every Sunday morning. I, I don't want us to say, hey, we got to go to church today. No, we don't got to go to church today. We are the church. If we've trusted Jesus, we gather in this place on Sunday mornings. And we also become the church and, and we become a platform for other people to engage in community also. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to, y'all come on in. You can go ahead and turn to John chapter 9. John chapter 9. For the past few weeks... We have been walking through um, some of the bridge's core values, meaning these are the things that God has made us passionate about as a church. This week we're going to talk about another core value called clarifying truth. We feel like the Lord has called us to be people as the bridge church that clarify truth to the community. One of my favorite passages describing Jesus is John chapter 1, verse 14, 
when the author John the Apostle says, we have seen him, we've seen his glory. And then he makes this comment about Jesus. He is full of grace and truth. So much of the time, we as church people tend to cling to one. We either cling to grace and walk away from truth, or we cling to truth and walk away from grace. And either one's a bad combination. People that cling to grace and walk away from truth kind of wind up in liberalism. Kids, I want you to listen to me. The word liberalism, it's a big word, but, but this is what it means. It means when we allow anything to go without ever addressing wrong. That's liberalism. That's what it means. It's a big, fancy word, but it's really not that big of an idea. Then there's the other side of this deal where uh, there's, there's some of us who tend to cling to truth, but we walk away from grace. We're all about truth, we're all about truth, but truth apart from grace is what we call legalism. So one end of the spectrum, grace without truth is liberalism, but truth without grace is legalism. And, and kids, legalism is when we're when we're so focused on the rules of God that we walk away from the heart of God. The rules of God do not separate from the heart of God. Just because God has some things that He wants us to obey doesn't mean we should walk away from His grace in obeying them. So we have to remember that. And, and, and as followers of Jesus, and the best description of Him is full of truth and grace, those who follow Him have to also be full of truth and grace. Because if we, if we cling to one and walk away from the other, I promise you, it's very hateful looking to the community. Or it's very hurtful to the community. Legalism looks hateful to the community Liberalism, liberalism is hurtful to the community. To offer grace without truth may be the most hurtful thing one person can do to another. And unloving. So today I want us to look at this, but I want us to under, understand it through the lens of who Jesus is. And we're going to look at a story about Jesus in John chapter 9. Uh, but when we talk about truth, we can never emphasize, as important as truth is, we can never emphasize it over grace. We have to have that in our mind. John chapter 9, verse 1. As Jesus was passing by, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus answered. This came about so that God's works might be displayed in him. We must do the works of him who sent me while it's day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After he said these things, he spit on the ground, made some mud from his saliva... And spread the mud on his eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he left, washed, and came back seeing. 
His neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar said, Isn't this the one who used to sit begging? Some said he's the one. Others were saying nobody looks like him. He kept saying, I'm the one. So they asked him, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes, and told me, Go to Siloam and wash. So when I went and washed, I received my sight. Where is he, they asked. I don't know, he said. Kind of a weird story. Um, We'll talk about Jesus spitting in a minute, but I like that Jesus spit. I like to spit. I might spit this morning. But, but this, this may be one of the most cringeworthy moments in, in the Gospels to me. Because they're walking through town and they see this blind man. And, and I kind of want you to feel a little bit of the blind man this morning. Like imagine yourself being a blind man on the side of the road, a beggar, dependent on other people. And Jesus and his disciples are walking through. And, and Jesus' disciples see this man blind and their first thought is, hey, Jesus, who sinned? What? Like, I, I don't know if Jesus cringed like me or not, but if, if, if I'm Jesus, I'm like, dude, shut up. I mean, the guy's sitting right here, and you're saying, hey, let's talk about this guy's sin. Jesus, who sinned? This guy or his parents? I mean, does that make you cringe a little bit? Come on, guys. This is textbook legalism. Because in legalism we tend to believe we tend to believe that God owes us something if we're good. If we're good, God's good to us. But if maybe we're in in the middle of our suffering, we must have done something wrong. Textbook legalism. Let me tell you something, guys. Jesus Christ loves you, but he owes you nothing. God loves Dustin, but he owes me nothing. We cannot be good enough to earn the debtedness of God. Textbook legalism. The first thing that I want us to see from this scripture about clarifying truth is clear, compassionate truth defends against legalism. Jesus stood up to his disciples in the middle of their legalism. They raised the question, who sinned? He didn't fool around with that question. He said, none of them sinned. This is, this is for the glory of God that he, he was born blind. This, this posture of legalism can flesh, it out, flesh itself out in a lot of ways. Um, and clarifying truth can flesh itself out in a lot of ways. Uh, but but we, we want to be sure that as the bridge church... We defend against legalism. The first application, it's one I'm really proud of to this point, is let your truth be seasoned 
with salt but not salty. Do y'all hear people say, why are you so salty? When they cocking at it. Y'all will be cool like me one day. Um, Let your truth be seasoned with salt, but not salty. Uh, Having an attitude. That that did not go over like I thought it would. Y'all are salty this morning. Um, We can communicate truth in a way that we don't crush other people. And there's two things that I see in Jesus in this setting that's important for us to remember when we embrace this clarifying truth deal. Number one, we have to choose the right platform to, to deliver truth. Y'all, social media is good for a lot of things. And, and we can deliver truth on so- social media that's encouraging. And sometimes we can deliver truth on social media that's challenging. But social media is not a place for confrontation with your truth. It's not a place to start calling folk out. Our community see- sees us and the way we interact with, with people. And if they see our social media, and even though we may be right, if, if they see it as crushing to people, it muddies the water of the gospel for all of us. Number two, we need to choose the right method for our truth. I so appreciate that these guys raised up their legalism and Jesus addressed it right then to the people that had the problem. There's a way to communicate truth where we kind of do it to the sideline over here. Let me, let me explain that a little better. Sometimes we have a truth, we, we have a, I'm sorry, we have a, a fear of confrontation. Are you with me on that? Nobody likes confrontation. If you do like confrontation, that's weird. Like if you wake up in the morning and you say, man, I hope I get to chew somebody out today. I mean, that's, we need to talk later about salvation. I mean. But listen to me. A hatred for confrontation does not equal a license for gossip. Just because you don't like to talk to people about an issue you may have with them does not give you the right to bash them behind their back. And when we do that, it muddies the water of the gospel for people. I don't care how true your truth is. If it's delivered in an evil way, you're wrong. We absolutely are not going to do that here. 
there's not many things that I really take real serious. If, if, you, if you know me, I, I cut up a lot. I like to joke. I like to laugh. But, but this is one that's critical. If, if you want to muddy the water for people in our community, the water of the gospel for people in our community, you talk about people instead of two people. When you do it to them, it muddies the water of the gospel for people. And we, when we do it to one another, it muddies the water of the gospel for people. Uh, if you take away one thing from this message, I want you to hear me say, I don't care how right you are. If you deliver it in a wrong way, you're wrong. We're, we're broken people. There's not a soul in this room that's not broken. We're going to do things wrong. I'm going to hurt your feelings and I'm going to be in the wrong in it. Other people are going to hurt your feelings and they're going to be in the wrong in it. We're broken, sinful people. But that doesn't mean we get to form a little posse and start attacking folk. We talk to people, not about people, at the Bridge Church. Okay? Super important about clarifying truth. Point number two. Before we move on, but to point number two, I, I want to tell you one more thing. Don't let your you, you have to defend against legalism against your own self too. I do. If I if I mess up, it gets in my head and I start saying I can't I can't do this because of what I just did. Listen to me. Our Lord is good and He's full of grace. If you mess up today, you can go to Him broken and ask for forgiveness and you are restored immediately. Don't look back. You serve Him. Don't go back to that junk. Don't, hold, don't have legalism against yourself any more than you have it with anybody else. Point number two. Clear, compassionate truth clarifies the person and mission of Jesus. This story, y'all, is, is crazy to me because of the way Jesus heals the guy. Now, you think about it. I love Jesus. But if we're going down the road and I see a blind man, and it's a dirt road, and Jesus goes, <laughs> and, and hocks a loogie, and spits on the ground and stirs it up to make mud with a spit and starts forming a patty and wiping it on... Bro- I'm, I'm like, I love you, Jesus, but that's nasty. That's weird. If, and once again, if you think that's cool, you need to come see me after the service. That's gross. I don't know, I'm not sure what that means like theologically what that means but I think it represents the messiness of the gospel we talk about the beauty of the gospel a lot but don't forget there there's some messiness in the gospel we bring it to it but then Jesus sends him to this place called Siloam and that's important because the Bible clarifies that that word means sent 
And all through the Gospel of John, Jesus is declaring that I'm the sent one of God. Now, y'all hang in here with me. This is, we're going to go on a little journey here, but, but think with me because this is important. Je- Jesus is saying, I'm the sent one of God. I'm the sent one of God. He makes spit, makes mud ball, puts it on dude's eyes, says, go to the pool called Sent. The guy goes to the pool called Sent. He rinses the spit and grossness off his eyes, and it heals him. Hold that thought. In Isaiah chapter 8, there's this prophecy about a person named Emmanuel. And we talk about this person named Emmanuel a lot at Christmas. It means God with us. It's the birth of Christ. God who came to be with us. And in that prophecy, God makes a provision for his people. They were parched, and he makes a provision for his people at the calm waters of a place called Shiloh, which is Hebrew for the word sent. And the people of God, they don't, they don't accept the provision of God at Shiloh, and there's judgment from God. So check this out. Jesus is declaring, and, and let's go back to John chapter 9. Jesus is declaring, go wash at the pool called Scent. And when the blind man goes and washes at the provision of God called Scent, he's healed. But in the Old Testament, Isaiah, when people turn down the provision of God called Scent, there's judgment. Listen to me, friends. This, I don't tell you this because I get a kick out of it. I tell you this because I'm not a legalist or a liberal. The, the truth of the gospel, the clear picture of the gospel is that Jesus is the provision sent from God. And if you trust him, if you put your faith in him, he heals your spiritual blindness and he gives you sight that you've never had before. But if you don't, there is judgment. And I don't tell you that with laughter. I don't tell you that to scare you. I tell you that because it's the truth of God's word. And let me tell you something, y'all. When we, when we embrace clarifying truth with our community, we, we clarify the ugly of the gospel and we also clarify the good news of it. Part of the reason the gospel is such good news is because of the bad news. We've screwed it up, but there's hope in the provision of God. Thank you, Miss Sherry. Don't nobody need coffee when Miss Sherry gets excited. (laughs) To apply this point, I have two applications. Application number one is share the gospel with somebody. In verse 25 of John chapter 9, we didn't read that, but in verse 25 of John chapter 9, this blind man's being interrogated by the Pharisees, and they're saying, who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? And he goes, look, I don't know, but I do know that I was blind, and now I see. And today, if you've never heard of Jesus, and in this service, this gathering together, you, you embrace him, you can walk out of here today with, with the truth that I was spiritually blind, but now I see. You can say, I don't understand everything about Jesus. I don't know all the answers. But let me tell you what I do know. 
He's changed my story. Just like that blind man. Number two, application number two, check your message for agendas that do not reveal Jesus accurately. We are not here to embrace a political agenda. We're not here to embrace a personal agenda. This is the way we, we as followers of Christ do it. We take our agendas to, and we align them with the truth of God's Word. We do not take pieces of Scripture to back our personal agendas. That's backwards. We say, God, how can I align myself with who you are and what you want? We don't say, I kind of like this, let me find a verse to back it up. Check your message, check your Christianity, check your agendas with the truth of Scripture. Number last, clear, compassionate truth will cause deep, heartfelt worship of Jesus for the humble. We're going to read just a few more verses, starting in verse 35. Of John chapter 9. Jesus heard that they had thrown the man out, and when he found him, he asked, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? He asked. Jesus answered, You've, You have seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. I believe, Lord, he said, and he worshiped him. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment in order that those who do not see will see, and those who do see will become blind. Some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these things and asked him, We're not blind too, are we? If you were blind, Jesus told them, you wouldn't have sin. But now that you say we see, your sin remains. This passage is so incredible to me because there's this man who's physically blind that Jesus touches and he heals physically, but he also heals him spiritually. Jesus said, I'm the Messiah, and he says, I believe, and he worships. He heals him spiritually. Then you've got all these religious people over here, and they're like, hey, bro, we follow Moses. We do everything right. We're not blind. And Jesus says, let me tell you something. You can't see a lick. God's standing right in front of him and right in front of you and you don't even recognize him. We can be that way, y'all. I can't imagine what it's like to be blind for myself, but I do see it in my son. In a couple weeks on spring break, we're going to the beach and Judd has albinism and it's affected his sight and uh, the main thing that affects his sight is UV rays. So when we go to the beach and we go out on the sand and there's sunshine coming down and the water's reflecting and the sand's reflecting, it's just a big game of Marco Polo for us. Like, Judd. It's kind of like that, yep. So, so Judd's kind of walking around blind. I mean, he, he really can't see. He, he can't see. And so we're having to direct him with our words. And in that moment, he has the choice whether or not he's going to embrace his blindness and do what he wants, or whether he's going to listen to his father's voice and trust him. And friends, listen to me. 
we have that same spiritual sense in us. Our pasts and our experiences teach us something. Our family, everything teaches us something. And, And the Father God may tell us something that's a little different than what we have in our past. And we have to decide, are we going to trust the voice of God found in Scripture or are we going to embrace our own blindness? Everybody in this room has that choice. I have two more applications and these are more spiritual applications than they are go do something. But the first application is if you humbly see your own blindness, Jesus can give you sight. If you humbly say, Jesus, I need your help, he will say, I will help you. And friends, to some degree, we're all a little blind. Number two, if you think your vision is just fine, you can't see. The first step of knowing and following Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior is to admit admit that you need Him. The second step in following Jesus as your Lord and Savior is to wake up tomorrow again and admit that you need Him. And the last step of following Jesus Christ is to wake up in the morning and admit that you need Him. So today, whether you barely know who Jesus is or whether you've been following him for 50 years, you need him. If you've never come to a place where you've just said, Jesus, I need you to give me sight. I confess my sin, I give my sin to you, I ask for your forgiveness, I repent, I need you to give me spiritual sight. I would like to see you do that this morning. And we can help you do that this morning. Maybe you've been, you are a follower of Jesus, but you've got into this rut where you're doing your own thing and you're trying to, trying to live this legal path of Christianity or a liberal path of Christianity, and you need to come back to Jesus giving you sight, which is full of both truth and grace. I want to ask you to confess that this morning and ask Him to return your sight. We're going to sing ourselves out. We're going to sing a couple more songs. Let me pray for us. If you have recognized this morning that you need some help in your walk with God, I I would ask you to find somebody that you trust sitting near you or come find me, and we'll work through that. Dear, Dear Lord Jesus, I'm thankful that you have the power to heal physical blindness, but you also have the power to heal spiritual blindness. Sometimes I feel like I'm both. Father, I pray for these people this morning. I pray that you would allow them to understand their need for you. Allow us to understand our need for you. 
I pray you would grant us courage and humility to ask for your help. And I pray you would heal us. I know you can do it. I'm thankful for this place where we can gather, but I'm also thankful that this is not a church. We are. So I pray for the next few minutes as we sing to you, it would be a fragrant aroma. That you would hear our words and they would bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.